Welcome to Deadly Discussions, a podcast on social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Isaac Carrison. I'd like to acknowledge um, the traditional landowners and who we record today, the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. Now, I'm very excited because I have Tim Werner here in the flesh in the studio. I think this is the ninth episode and I finally convinced someone to come out to Killsyfe to record this. How are you going today, Timmy? Yeah, great. Thanks, mate. Thank you very much for having me here. It's nice to uh, come out and sit across from you and have a bit of a yarn. That's okay. And you'll probably see on the footage that I'm wearing an Everton jersey because we thrashed Manchester United 4-0 on the weekend, so I'll be wearing this all day to torment my staff when I get back to the office. So please excuse me if you think I just look like I walked out of a pub from England. Um <laughs> Let's start with, obviously, your story. You've got heaps. So you're a Larrakia man from the Northern Territory. People call it the Wild North. Well, I call it the Wild North. <laughs> now, you claim it's very laid back, but I hardly imagine it'd be more laid back than Queensland. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, no, look, uh, the Northern Territory, it's uh, it's just a way of living. Um, you know, like yeah, it's a Sunday afternoon sitting, having a nice cold beer out, you know, listening to some live music and having a chat with friends or going out to the springs and the waterfalls and that sort of thing. So it's a, people just tend to take life at a little bit of a slower pace, whereas, you know, wow. in Melbourne it seems to be go, 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 <laughs> yeah. and, you know, you're doing emails while you're on trams and trying yeah, to get yeah. to places, whereas in Darwin if you're – if you say you've got a, a meeting at one o'clock, it actually means one-ish. Yeah. So right. anywhere between, if you get there, anywhere between one thirty, one forty-five, you're still on time. Yeah. So. All that matters is your presence. Yeah, the fact up. that you actually make it there. So if you go to Northern Territory, don't back-to-back meetings. It's, okay, cool. I'll keep work. that in mind. I'll just yeah. keep an open uh, yeah. diary going. Um, so you're a Larrakia man. Do you want to elaborate, elaborate on what that tribe encompasses, you know, land-wise, culture-wise, it might be different from what you've seen down here in, in Victoria? Yeah, look, um, for me, um, being a Larrakia man was something that I found out a little bit later in life. Um, I didn't actually grow up um, knowing the fact that I was Aboriginal. Um, I found out that um, my father who raised me wasn't, in fact, my birth father. Oh, wow. Um, so having to find out that realisation and then also being told that I was an Aboriginal man yeah. um, was, a, was, a, was a sort of a big hit um, at the time. However, I didn't really know what that meant. Yeah, um, sure. I had Aboriginal mates and friends that yep. I was growing up with. Um, how what that meant when I started to say I was Aboriginal was something that I'd find out later on in life. And yep. the truth is I actually didn't know about racism or anything yeah, like wow. that until I found out I was Aboriginal. Wow. Um, and then I started telling people. Yeah, yeah. And what I found was the Aboriginal community that I was growing up in, I was actually at school at Glenroy at the time yep. uh, down in uh, Albury. Yep. Um and my Aboriginal mates were like, seriously? And uh, it got yeah. a bit of a joke. He's a German Aboriginal because yeah. my father who's raised me is German. My last yeah, name is yeah. Werner. Yeah, yeah. Um, Good soccer player as well. Yeah, yeah. So it's it was really quite an interesting time. And then I actually had to, because I didn't meet my birth father until I was maybe, uh, I think it was 18 years of age. Yeah. 
Um, so then I had to learn about my culture as well and what it meant to be an Aboriginal person, you know, what it meant yeah, to be, well. um, call myself a Larrakia man. Yeah. Um, and for the first few years, I was a little bit hesitant in doing that because I didn't know enough about my own culture yep. to be able to speak to people about it when, if they asked, what does it mean to you to be a Larrakia man? Yeah. Um, so It's an awkward position to be in. Yeah. It is. And it was a big journey. You know, it's taken me, you know, the better part of 14 years to really sort of understand and be comfortable. And, yeah, sure. you know, one of the things that uh, I know and in speaking with a lot of my Aboriginal community members uh, that have sort of guided me along the path yep. is that it's just a feeling of who you are and a sense of belonging and for me, being a Larrakee man, wherever I'm in Darwin, and that's that's our region down towards Adelaide River sort of way up to yeah, the north, um, I feel at home. And if I ever need to break or I just need to find water, you know, where I see people, if there's moving water, if I need to get away from the stresses yeah. of Melbourne, um, you'll often just see me sitting at a beach and just listening yeah um and and looking for that guidance and that sort of uh word from the ancestors through yep. through my cultural ways so it's yep. it's it's very powerful once you sort of embrace it and you understand it um but it wasn't an easy journey to get to where i am i suppose yeah definitely i think it's you know we're very oral people and you got the cave paintings so yeah it's not like you can dust off a book and start um you know <laughs> reintroducing yourself to indigenous culture However, I know the cubby cubby, we've got dictionaries that we've had work with uh, anthropologists. So I'm able to find, you know, the suburbs and Sunshine Coast, like uh, Budina, which means sunbeam. We've got Maruchador, which is black uh, swan. Uh, also, Kabulcha, which you don't want to be caught out at Kabulcha late at night. It means place a carpet snake. Who knew? You know, it's a right. place that means place a carpet snake and it has lots of carpet snakes. So, um, yeah, for us, there's some that's intact, so we're able to go back and really touch up on that. Uh, also, we share about, you know, my Anglo side, my English side as well, coming from Yorkshire, England. Uh, my great-grandfather, he left everything he had, jumped on a boat, um, probably read a pamphlet about Australia, and it looked really nice and had um, colourful beaches and open land and free mm-hmm. land, by by the yeah. way, uh, <laughs> lots of gold and opportunity. He probably thought, wow, this is exciting. He pulls up in uh, the Maribara Port. It's uh, mosquitoes. It's the swampy Mary River. It's mangroves. There's some Aboriginal people there. Aren't it too impressed that you're on their property? And he probably thought, hang on, I got sold on something different back in England. So... Yeah, I'm learning to balance both of those and not be to the extreme to one because, you know, other countrymen and us blackfellas um, went and died with our, our white brothers and sisters in World War One and, and two. So it's about um, that reconciliation, you know, for the long run working together. So how does a German man end up raising yourself in the territory? That to me is... Yeah, well, uh, my father uh, moved over from uh, Germany well, back in... Uh, the early, maybe late 70s, early 80s. And um, at the time, my uh, mother had obviously had a relationship with my father and um, she was a single parent and they uh, met up. And apparently the story that I was told is uh, from my mother is that, you know, that... um, and my grandmother loves to tell stories as well, yeah. uh, is how good of a man my father was. And yeah. um, he was just pure and genuine. And yeah. um, he fell in love with me as much as he did my mother. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's I, I'll be forever grateful 
that he came into my life and he's been an inspiration because, um, you know, even though I wasn't his firstborn, he's never treated me like I wasn't. Yeah. Um, And he's embraced my Aboriginal heritage. He's always encouraged me. You know, we've had conversations together about it. Um, Same with my mother. You know, I've had a a wonderfully supportive family on my journey and... When you think about, you know, what you have to go through in learning that, you know, that your father's not your father and yeah. that you now, you're not, I thought I was German. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, for years, I thought I was a German. Yeah, wow. And um, yeah. to then have that, if you didn't have a supportive family, you know, I yeah. could see how um, I could have spiraled pretty hard. So, yeah, of course. Um, there's been a lot of tough times, but through it all, yeah. um, you know, my father and my mother have been the been the bedrock. Yeah, wow. Um, to push me forward. So. Yeah, and you wear that surname with uh, great pride. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, you know, it, it uh, sparks a lot of interesting conversations yeah, as well. Yeah. You know, I was like, Larry Kimov, what's your last name? Werner. Werner. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's like Janae uh, at work, Winmar. Yeah. Which is yeah, I think Dutch German as well. So yeah, you got the, one of the most famous Indigenous footy players, and his surname's Winmar. Yeah. Well, absolutely. So, you know, for me, it's great. It's actually a really good talking point um, yeah. because, you know, one of the things is, you know, um, it allows me the opportunity to tell my story and yeah. open up to people about it. And I think that's really important, you know. I think that um, is, yeah. In our culture, you know, yeah. it's about story sharing, you know, and talking to people. And I think we, we're we a little disengaged these days. We don't get yeah. to learn people's stories. And in this space, you know, I want to hear about your story. I want to hear about your culture, That's your right, heritage, yeah. and I want to educate you on mine. Yeah, so. the stories yeah. are so important and then told by real people, I think, advantages. And we'll tie into where you're working at the moment, but I think a lot of big corporates now really struggle connecting with consumers or everyday people because they don't have a face of the company anymore. There's not this solar... There's no Elon Musk of the company. Yeah. You know, he's, he's pretty crazy now, but you know, there's no... Um, if you had, you know, use Willy Wonka, for example, you know, the, the movie. Yep. He was the brand. He's the face. You're buying yep. the stuff because of Willy Wonka. You go to his factory. He's the brand, you know. It's sort of tied in. But now companies are just giving it back to shareholders who are faceless and hiding behind the scenes. Um, and they got no way on the front foot to actually engage with people and have a conversation because it's all been, you know, corporized and, and taken away. So uh, let's go into a little bit. I don't think we'll touch on it now, but we'll touch on it a little bit. So for a while there, you were a single dad. You're a single dad in the territory. So you've had a roller coaster of a life. So you found out, yeah, you're growing up. Man is not really your father. He's a top bloke. They support you, understanding Aboriginality. You're moving on. Let's go fast forward a bit. And I know you told me that you were a single dad for a while as well. Um, yeah. Uh, so it was a bit of a crazy um, situation. You know, I um, in my youth, I'm met a young woman and yep. um sparks seemed to seem to fly and everything seemed to be going well and um you know she got pregnant so yep. we decided that you know we we wanted to do the best for the child and i was excited you know to have a family of my own yeah um but at the time i was living in darwin i thought well i want to be around a support network and yeah, like i said yeah, my family have always been the bedrock so we yep. moved down to albury bought a house yeah um and yeah, everything seems to be going okay. Yeah. Um, and she gave birth. And yeah, a couple of weeks sort of um, after giving birth, she really yeah. didn't want to be a mother, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, um, wow. So she wanted to go back home to the territory to be around her family. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was a really difficult situation yeah. being a father with a, 
with a daughter. Yeah. Um, first time father with a daughter. And yeah. Wow. Well. Yeah. It was. It was. You know. It was tough. Um, yeah. Life changed. You yeah. know. Everything. My priorities. That sort of thing. Um, but you know, having that amazing support of my family. Yeah. Um, to help me in that time uh, was fantastic. And then sort of fast forward to the end. Um, my ex came down and she played on the fact that um, I wasn't sort of allowing my child yeah, to yeah. know her family and learn about their culture because yeah. she's from East Timor. Yeah, okay. Um, right. So I didn't want to do that because I knew how it had affected me yeah, of course, not knowing. Background. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I let her, let her have it back and um, the the short story is that instead of getting it back, I got a paternity yeah. test in the mail saying it was never my daughter to begin with. Oh, wow. Um, which, you know, crushed me as a person yeah. and my family because yeah, wow. we thought we had our my mum and dad thought they had their first grandchild yeah um you know so it was wow. a it was it was a really difficult time yep. and trying to like share that with friends and explain it to friends what I was going through was really difficult because yeah their go-to sort of reaction was, well, well, you dodged a bullet, you're back to single, you know, yeah, life's yeah. going to be good. But Yeah, but when you, you know, come with strong Indigenous culture and a strong family yeah. core, you know, that's everything. Well, know? and, yeah. you know, like I had been raising my family and, been, and I had been raising these child from yeah. zero to two, you know. This, yeah, yeah. This person was family now, yeah. um, blood or not, yeah. you know, this person's our family. We still have photos of um, my daughter in my parents' home and... Yeah. Um, you know, I would, I'd be lying if I said there isn't a day where she pops up in my mind if yeah, I see wow. a father holding his hand oh, with the man. daughter or something wow. like that. It's a massive trigger. And, but it, that experience, I guess, for me, taught me, you know, a lot about resilience and, yeah. you know, trying to look at the positive. So, yeah. you know, I know that if I'm ever lucky enough to have a family, those late night feedings, you know, changing diapers, yeah. spending time with kids, um, and I guess I'll appreciate it a hundred percent more. Yeah. Because of what I went through. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so it was obviously something that I need to experience on my journey, yeah. and very strong-willed um, person, Tim. Very high fortitude. Yeah, well, you know, we're a resilient mob, a Aboriginal folks. That's right. Yeah. So, um, you know, I think it's it's just something that I needed to experience. And, um, yeah. you know, it, whilst it might have, in looking back, it was a very painful time. It was also yeah. the best couple of years of my life. You know, yeah, And course, um, yeah. I wouldn't change it for the world. So Yeah, I 100% agree. Sometimes you have to learn those ways. Um, I know when we found out, um, we were pregnant with the second and our first born was only 11 months old, I think 12 months old. And we were living at the mother-in-law's while we were sa- saving for a house. And we we're just like, this is not the right timing, you know? And, but what sort of, sort of smacked me on the other side of the head and made me realize was that we had a lot of family and friends who are in their mid to late twenties. And they've been trying for years to conceive and people yeah. spending hundreds of thousands of dollars, one hundreds, but you know, 10, 20, 30, 40,000 dollars over time to try to fall pregnant and it's just not happening. So we just learned to appreciate and go, you know what? There's a lot of people out there who would, you know, do anything for this opportunity yep. to conceive and we're going to, um, you know, just be appreciative of that. And it does change your, your frame of mind, not saying when I get up at two in the morning to change an nappy <laughs> or, or burp, um, baby girl, that I'm like, this is the greatest. You know, I'm singing tunes. I'm sort of half falling asleep on the couch. So sometimes I never make it back into the room and, um, you yeah, know, wake up in, in my own, yeah. So 
Exciting. So let's take it to the next stage of your life, which is what you're doing for your work, your your business. Everyone has business, whether they run a business or in a business. It's called business for a reason. So they say the saying, it's none of your business. Anyway, let's go on to Coles. You're working at Coles and your position is? Um, I'm the Indigenous Talent Acquisition Specialist at Coles. Um, so basically... Um, Coles for years have had an amazing entry-level program. Yep. Uh, we employ uh, 1,500 new Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander team members every year. Yeah, wow. Um, and the natural evolution of that was to look at uh, retention and creating leadership opportunities yeah, and getting that um, percentage up into what we call leadership positions. So. Yep. It, it, it's a, it's the first time that they've really sort of stepped into this and, you know, put the time in. So my position was created last year yeah. um, and I came on board with Coles in December. Um, yeah. And the I suppose the amazing thing in with Coles is that finding out that they are a major corporate, we don't just have one person, we actually have a team. Yeah. Um, so there's five of us working in all our key areas to achieve yeah. our goals with, yeah, through wow. employment and through procurement. Yeah. So... Um, it's really an amazing atmosphere to thrive and I believe that the way that we've got it set up and structured is the way built for us to succeed and to allow our team members to really see what it'd be like to develop a career with Coles Um, because the the funny thing about Coles is you can take your career anyway. A lot of people think about the supermarkets and things yeah, like that. Yeah, but um, one of our Aboriginal team members who works in the um, Melbourne head office with yep. myself is a food scientist. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I know. was going to say that there, there would be – we see supermarkets, but what we don't see yep. is the huge team at Turak Road um, that just – everyday operations i know i think coles have their own energy purchasing team that they buy from wholesalers every day that's how much power they use so it's cheaper to employ a team of five ten people to purchase energy and trade that during the day that that to me just blows my mind i think we think yeah the coles is just it stops out a store manager and then things get delivered yeah well i mean that's uh that's well. Look, I believe when I first sort of looked at Coles, that's what I always thought. It's my local supermarket. Yeah. I just go down there and do my shopping. That's right. Um, yeah. Set up your laptop. And- yeah, and then um, I go into Turak and the hub there, and there's four and a half thousand people that work out of that yeah, building wow. every day. You know, they have teams. Um, you know, from digital, which yep. is a massive team, and uh, we actually have an um, Alan. Holmes, who yeah, works, uh, has Touch yeah. Technology, is actually Copy working with us at the moment. So yeah. it's always good to catch up so with uh, with a brother and brother have on, a give him a plug. Yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, it, it's just amazing the array of positions that they have there. I mean, we have yep. dedicated chefs. Um, you have your dedicated because uh, back in my Brian's day when I was on the tools, they have a Kmart. On, in that building just for the staff. Is that true? <laughs> uh, there's no Kmart in there Kmart now. Kmart Auto. Um, but they yeah. they do actually, like we have uh, doctors, dentists. That's um, there's, you know, if you've, if you've got kids, they um, actually yeah. have daycare facilities. Wow. Um, especially over do the- Do they take flybys at the Coles Daycare Centre? 
Well, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Flyby's level is just a couple of uh, levels up. So, um, but it's amazing. You know, we have um, kids running around. We'll have kids days where they all yeah, come into the hub. That's so um, important. You know, there's all food and everything, like little yeah. different food. It's sort of outlets. So you've got your coffee shop, your sandwich shop, and yeah, then there's wow. always a roast of the day going. And then there's another area they do different food. Yeah. For last week, I think it's been sushi and that sort wow. of stuff. So, um, Are they still looking for Indigenous people? Of course, of course. Okay, we, awesome. we, we're we always looking for digital people. How much people. notice do I need to give? Um, well, you had me at You know, brother, you come with me. Enough. We'll have a conversation. We'll get you in there pretty quickly. Um, but, you know, that's that's another amazing thing, you know, about working with Coles is that um, when you come to Coles, you're not going to be just the only black face there. You know, we yeah. have um, just under 4,200 team members across the country. Yeah, wow. Um, and we're the largest corporate employer of Aboriginal Torres Strait Islanders yeah, in the country. Awesome. So, yeah. And, and we're not looking to slow that down. You yeah, know, that's, of course. It's, if anything, we're ramping it up and we're trying to do it in the best possible way yeah. we can. And I know you love your job and just hearing the energy in your voice, you can tell you love your job. Um Let's go into because I think there's a whole block in this in the future in the ten year time frame that I'd love to go into. The biggest employer of Indigenous people. Now we know a lot of Indigenous people love to get back on country, whether temporary to recharge and come back, or permanently is part of the goal. I know that's part of my goal in the ten year plan is to go back to Cubby Cubby country or um, settle in the in the top half, maybe mm. um, Nana's area, which is Biri, which is the Burdekin River. Um, and then develop my local Aboriginal community with assets on country, with food, with um, all different stuff, cultural training, tourism, the opportunities there are crazy. I'd love to touch on, people talk about food scarcity and you probably heard it around Coles, but can you foresee a lot of these Indigenous people coming through, going back, aiding Indigenous farmers or corporations? Have you seen any of that stuff, you know, future-proofing? You know, we know a lot of Indigenous people are getting their, you know, native title claims, we're getting their recognised Aboriginal parties, treaty conversations where land is given, but we'll be able actually to use the land, which is going to be amazing. Um, can you see that? That's energy happening there. Uh, look, I think that's a really uh, important point. Um, now that uh, Aboriginal land is actually giving back um, to the clans that yep. you know are the original owners of the land, um, and they'll be able to utilise that um, for businesses, is going to see a huge uh, dynamic shift. Because uh, we currently work with some Aboriginal farmers, yep. um, and we're working with growing them and develop them to be able to supply more products, especially with fresh produce, you know, yeah, things that are grown in nature um, yep. and and allow people to work and stay on communities with their family and stay around their culture. So I guess um, for us, yep. the, the major thing is allowing them to go and expand the way they want to. Yep. Um, you know, we're not looking to outsource them into different areas and that sort of thing yeah, it's sure. like we want to work with you to get yep. the best results you can and what's best for you and your community so yeah. it's very important to us that we do it in the right way and we're having those conversations at the moment and looking at growing that and with the way that it's all going and you know the talks about food scarcity and that sort of thing it's yep. it's vital that we're doing these things now yeah, of course um and and for the future and Look for myself. I spend a lot of time on Yongu country, yeah. um, out in out in Marnham land, and yeah. they have some great areas where they used to years ago grow crops, mm. uh, but it sort of fell away and yeah, got behind. Course, yeah. uh, but there's always the opportunity to use those soils again because they're so rich and yeah. untainted. <laughs> yeah, of course. So I would love to see more of that happening. Yeah. And if anyone's read, you know, Dark Emu by Bruce Pascoe, there. 
the yams, the wild mm. rice. You know, people want to grow rice, but um, Asian rice, which absorbs and drains yeah. the land. And already a drought-ridden country. And we look at, yeah, the yams, the wild rice, and I think, what else? The wheat. The wheat yep. as well. The blends of wheat, having it with some from the native trees along the Murray and actual wheat belts that Aboriginal people um, had, agriculture. And for me, I was like, when I read that book, I was like, this seems pretty out there. And it's a pretty emotional book because you realize we had a lot of things down pat and it was uh, removed. Um, but then a hearing from Martin last week about Papua New Guinea still harvesting up in the mountains the old the old ways yeah. and i was like that's what it, what it would have been like without people still harvesting the old ways and it's about reigniting that and then plugging that into a coles or an, an aldi or the other fellas whatever they're called if you know what i'm talking about <laughs> um i did your favor that favor there so um but yeah we're connecting it into a you know commercial application where people are going and buying native yams apparently and apparently way better for you and made for this country you know i look forward to those days and i know you're going to be a massive part of it so you're more on the employment or the procurement side we'll finish up with uh well i guess for us it's a where it's very much about a team effort you know we've all yep. been um our team's all been drawn in for our various expertise and obviously myself having a bit of a experience in procurement uh, yep. working with supply nation who yep. i know you know yeah, guys know a lot about yeah, great um but we have a dedicated resource um, yep. who is now looking into those business-to-business relationships yeah, and making sure. sure that we're driving forward in the right ways. So yep. um, we're very happy at the moment that we're our basis. We spend about roughly $6.5 million a year with Aboriginal businesses. Yeah, wow. Uh, we use about 46 different um, organisations at the moment, yep. but there's always room to grow. Um, so that's Definitely. really important for us right now is looking at that yep. and developing that a bit further. Awesome. And 10 years from now... Tim, where are you? Uh, that's a really tough question, <laughs> to be honest. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> I know uh, Russell will probably listen to this. Um, I have said to him yeah. at the interview that my goal was to get his job. Oh, wow. Um, that's right. Let's open. Well, that's <laughs> yeah. it, you know, to the team. But I guess one of my goals, and I'm not sure if it'll be in 10 years, but yeah. I've always wanted to go back to the Northern Territory yeah. um, and to become the CEO of the Larrakia Development Corporation yeah. um, and really use my skills and expertise to grow opportunities for other Larrakia yeah. people. Um, yeah. We have some amazing talent in the top yeah. end. And I would love to see more opportunities in them to grow and expand and to share their knowledge with the rest of Australia. So um, to be able to give back uh, to my community uh, is is a real big thing for me. And um, right now I'm just growing the experience so that when I can go back, um, I can go into that type of role and really make a difference. That gives me goosebumps because, you know, the traditional, a lot of Australia for the last 20, 30 years, and I'll finish this up, is... um, a lot of farm people grow up farming, go to uni in the big city, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, yeah. and um, they stay there and they come back to retire. But now with a lot of Indigenous people, it's, oh, now I'm coming in, um, you know, doing the hard work and getting the, the skill sets that I need and the education, and then I'll go back to develop um, my communities. And I, I just get so encouraged when I when I hear you sharing that because, yeah, it just oh, it gives me goosebumps. So. Well, it's where my passion lies, you know, and, um, you know, I've always been a person about following your passion. No matter what you do in this life, you seem to be happy when you're actually doing something that you love and that you enjoy. And um, for me, you know, every day I get to work in this space, I get to learn a little bit more about myself, my culture uh, and other stories from, um, you know, other clans around the country. So 
uh, I'm very grateful that I've had the yeah. opportunities that I've had and I'm grateful that people have supported me. I've had amazing mentors and, yeah. um, you know, I've got to work with some, you know, just inspiring people. And every day, you know, I, I get to meet more and more amazing Aboriginal people across the country yeah. doing things that just blow my mind. And, um, you know, I'm still working towards my dream. Um, but the fact that this is the space that I'm in and I get to meet these amazing people just yeah. pushes me to drive yeah, forward so that when I go back... Um, to my country, I'm actually able to give everything yeah, and give as much as I can. So Awesome. Well, mm. thanks, Tim. Well, thanks for coming on. Thank and you I'll very much for catching me. up with you maybe end of the year. Absolutely. Sounds great. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Thanks.